Let's take it green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. Let's take it green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. Let's take it green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. Me this in the ring. Luchadors, Mexicans, Cedro Medio. They still Mexican. Yeah, that. I was wondering how they was going to do that. They was going to let the music keep playing while both of them came out. But they did a good job of having Eddie, you know, come out in between. So, you know, that is that same song play. I had them walk out together at the same time. I mean, you might as well. Y'all basically do the same thing anyway. But welcome to another Lessons episode of the High Flyers Wrestling Podcast. Your boys is back. Your boys, Dom and Terry, are here. Shout out to the season to sit here, too, by the way. Good shite. We are here with our AEW Dynamite recap. And before we get started, how's it going, my brother? Um, First and foremost, happy one-year high flyers to you, my brother. Ditto. We Welcome owe. to season two, my brother. Indeed. A lot more shenanigans will take a foot in this next season, so be prepared. Yeah, it's only gonna get worse. Hey, you get better or worse with age, so exactly. But I'm good. I'm doing a whole lot better than a few people from Dynamite. And yeah. I mean that's a good segue because one of those people you're probably referring to is Jungle Boy, because um I know you had a smile on your face because Wardlow basically fucked Jungle Boy up. I mean you know, he fought for a little bit. He did what he could, but we all knew the end result when we seen the matchup in the bracket. So, and more low. Happy, happy that he jumped off Dynamite, honestly, because I'm like, all right. You, you know, for sure, for sure, this was going to be a squash. No, I'm saying it because it was going to be a squash. So, it was like, ain't no real point in saving that for later because we already know what it's going to be. I mean, we had another squash tour at the end of the show anyway, so it wasn't no point to have two squashes, you know, right next to each other. Even though they did anyway. Yeah, I mean, so, exactly. But, yeah, Warlow advances into the next round of the tournament. So, once again, AEW started off with a match, solid all around, but was fantastic with that John Moxley video package that they showed right after that. You know, basically talking about your boy Eddie Kingston, you know, saying he don't know where, you know, this whiny, bitchy version of him done came from. Like, he's not, and I'm like, I feel him though. I'm not going to apologize for my success. You know, I bought my mama a house. We'll be going over to the, you know, the entertainment side. So I'm not going to apologize about that. But the part that had me laughing the most was when he said, look, I'm a, I'm paraphrasing too. I'm gonna either beat your ass to the points I get my friend back, or I'm just gonna end you all around. So, one time for the homie John Moxley, and I was definitely digging that video package. So, how'd you feel about it? I mean, this right here, this is the John Moxley that they need to to give us all the time. This John Moxley that works and doesn't just feel like a knockoff Brian Pillman. Hmm. And I think that's more so my, my issue with Mock sometimes is the fact that he comes off as like Brian Pillman 2.0. I can see that. 
But I mean, this and this this view with Kingston, I'm full fledged looking forward to. I'm ready to say right now that this is probably going to be Moxley's best AEW match to date. And oh, no, with Omega. Yep. Mm. And that's saying a lot because of that one. Definitely, that's why I said definitely. And plus, this in his type of will has to I quit match. He's basically do. Him and Eddie Kings are probably gonna try to kill each other, fam. I about to say with, with with a brother. So yeah, you already know how that goes. So speaking of Kenny, <laughs> the cleaner pretty much is back because your boy had a full on cleaner entrance with with the girls. And Hold on. But even before that, though, the Justin Roberts introduction name and all the accolades just from this, you know, from this year, like the basically the last five years alone. My boy had a, at least a whole index card and a half he had to read out. Yeah, I know he had to do some do some shuffling around, fam. Because a few of them wasn't even from just this year. Because a couple of them, like the uh, the seven star matches, I know that date back to yeah. Japan days. Old kind of days, but still, it's like, dang, bro. So, look, I'll say this I saw people complaining about it, but look, it this would have been the exact same thing that would happen if it was Joey Janela. He squashed Sunny Kiss with a mean V trick and a one wing angel and gave that look like, come on, son, this is this is what y'all give me. So, Kenny Omega advances in the tournament as well. He will go on to face the winner of, of Ray Phoenix and Pizza Gunjun, which we will get to shortly because that was just all around banger. So yeah, everybody that's complaining, look, I y'all y'all too woke for me. You know what I'm saying? This ain't got nothing to do <laughs> with what Sunday Kiss's life is about. Like if Joey Janela was in that match, he would have got squashed the exact same way. It wouldn't have been the, the match that they had on AEW Dark that time. This match was simply about. Establishing Kenny as the cleaner again. Exactly. <laughs> Whoever it was, no matter whether it was Sony Kiss, Joy Janella, Kip Sabian, Jungle Boy, whoever that was going to get cleaned the fuck up. Exactly. And I mean, hey, that V trigger was mean. Oh, man, say that one wing angel was too. I ain't going to even lie. <laughs> he meant that. Because I'm like, bro, you just going to jump off with the V-Trigger like that? It wasn't no, like, mini with a nothing. That was, like, full-fledged, three balls, ultra-hyper combo finish V-Trigger right there, fam. All I heard when he hit it was V-Trigger. Just like, oh, I can see how this is going. And one, but two, three. speaking of jumping it off and keeping it real, your boy Eddie Kingston, it was his turn. With his rebuttal from John Moxley promo, I know that's your boy, so I'll let you go ahead and take it away. So you know, Kingston, they rolled him and he got his family with him, and family's at full force. You know, you got the Lucha Bros, you got the Butcher and the Blade, and the Bunny's back. Wait, hey. I mean, me personally, I enjoy her more so as the Bunny than Ali with Keith yeah. and the Nightmare Family. I it's never really weird. understood that whole thing in the first place, but it just came out of nowhere. I let it ride just because they had their little tag tournament going and they needed women's tag teams. But 
Yeah, I could have done without that. Yeah. But Kingston says that what Mox says earlier was true, you know? He has become a bitter lion snake, and now he's getting a world heavyweight championship shot. He's never quit in his life, and he's not going to quit now. John's going to have to go to a dark place to beat him, but Eddie, Eddie lives in that dark place. And, I mean, look, if these two promos alone didn't get you hyped for their match, then I don't know what more you need. Nah, seriously, though. No physical in-ring confrontation is needed. But speaking of in-ring physical confrontation, though, Ray Phoenix versus Pentagon Jr. Another first-round match in the AEW Championship Tournament for the world, you know, number one contendership. And yeah, bro, just fucking fantastic. That's the only thing I can say. Even before we get to the match, though, shout out to Eddie Kingston coming out there with the Carmelo Anthony Syracuse jersey, though. Really that nasty. Also, I want to know what was the side bet that Ray and Penta had. You know they had something. As brothers, you got to have one. Like, next family gathering, you got to clean up or something like that. Right. Like, ain't no way I'm finna just go in here and match with my brother and we not finna have something extra on the line. No. Especially not no match like this. I ain't gonna yeah. lie. That's what I think the whole, you know, little chopping... Chopping pissing contest was basically about. Bro, why why the chop Ray like that though? Hey, letting them know. He took the glove off and was like, hey bro, I'm the big brother. Yeah. Calm your ass down. And I'm the one with the gear on, so you finna you finna get all of that, B. But just as far as some of the look, man, Pentagon hit like a sling blade off the middle rope. That that pop up power bomb that pentagon hit on ray phoenix was just just goddamn that's that's really all i can say the avalanche spanish fly that spanish fly that spanish fly that mother bleeping spanish fly probably the most beautiful spanish fly i've ever seen in my life easily like like nobody else needs to do the spanish fly nah but it's not gonna look like that no at all Shout out to Phoenix for his selling on that pop-up power bomb though, because he went full front flip. And the match was just fantastic. I honestly don't watch this match twice. That Harry Corona that Phoenix hit on Pinto from the top. Well, uh Ray almost killed himself. Yeah. Nasty. He almost killed himself during every match, fam. And then Pinto almost broke his fingers when he was trying to chop Ray and he chopped the hell out of the, the uh ring post. Man say. If the fingers ain't broke, they gotta be at least fractured. I mean, he probably, I bet you feel it now. Like, once all the adrenaline wore off, he probably listen to his hand, like, just stomping, fam. But Ray Phoenix ended up getting the dub after hitting a beautiful Canadian destroyer. Well, a beautiful destroyer, my bad. On the Ray, uh, on the Pentagon Jr. Gosh, I was gonna say, is it technically Canadian? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's why I, you know, I had to take that off and just say destroy you. But that matches greatness. But we getting Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix next weekend. That is definitely gonna be probably the match of twenty twenty. I'm sorry, it's gonna have, it's gonna be tough to follow this Ray, this Ray Penta match though, because this is what our fourth 
Fifth yeah. time seeing them go one on one between Lucha Underground, Impact, yeah. and other promotions, and every time they deliver. Oh, easily, easily, and every match get better. Every time, and you can just imagine ones we haven't seen. But, try to kill each other. But yeah, man, I'm looking forward to next week, dog. Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix. That is going to be one for the ages right there. So how are you feeling about the best friends versus Miro and Kip Sabian over, you know what I'm saying, the arcade machine? First of all, I completely understand Kip's gripe. As gamers, yes. as gamers we understand you ain't going to mess up our game system, bro, and not expect no fade. Nah, for real, though. Beat your ass, fam. But I mean, it was an accident at the same time. They apologized towards the best friends, you know, a G to buy me a new one and just keep it pushing. And call it a day. But hey, you know, Miro, he means business. He the best man. So you gotta listen to your best man. Well, I mean, the man's gonna be fired though. And if you got somebody swole like that with blonde hair, you can't help but listen to him. That's the swolest golden lord I've never seen in my life, fam. If you would have had him and Debo and the golden lord, ain't nobody. Ain't nobody messing with them, bro. At all. Up next. Wait, is Debo going to ride his bike, though? Yeah. That movie a little bit older, so it probably ain't going to be creaking. It was probably a little bit good by then. You know what I'm saying? So this one first jacked it from red. Exactly. Back in the day, day back when it was still technically red, like hell yeah, Coco Banner versus Hangman Page in the final match. In the number one, before we get to this match, that that backstage interview they had leading up to it with John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Coco Banner. Fam Fam gave me Crash Holly vibes, he really did, fam. I don't know if he was like on the Red Bull, if he hit a good old line of that Booger Sugar. He was hyped up on Mountain Dew, according to JR. That's the new code word for for the Booger Sugar. Mm, Gotcha. But he literally made that segment for me. Oh, easily, without a doubt. He's becoming one of my favorite. I ain't going to even lie. Honestly, all all of Dark Order is low key growing on me. Like the Dominions that we really shouldn't care about, like talking about. True. Because John Silver, Alex Reynolds, four or five. Three and four, I think. Oh, you talking about all of them? Yeah. Yeah, because five is Allen Angels. Yeah. That's true. The fact that we know them by their names and numbers. Yeah, so I mean. And then even they performance in the main event though, like if you weren't a fan of them, then that's like major fan of them, like right there. Factual. So the last match in the uh, round one tournament was Coke Cabana with Eagle Uno taking on our favorite cowboy, Hangman Adam Page. And how did Hangman get into the tournament? With a lot of drunken voicemails. Could you imagine Tony Khan waking up? At six in the morning to like fifteen minutes voicemails from Hangman Adam Page. Trying to join it, bro. I'm telling you, it's even like this dude right here, fam. 
and he just gets more and more lit as the messages go on. Oh yeah, got to. All I know is, as far as the man, I know like Coco Banner ain't for everybody. You know what I'm saying? I get it, but I like Coco Banner because he seems like he's genuinely having fun in the ring, and honestly. I've actually enjoyed him being in the Dark Order, especially considering like how the match ended. Because you never really just see the Dark Order just do that, you know what I'm saying? Just carry out one, of, you know, somebody after that and lost like that. So I'm interested to see how this is gonna go. Yeah, and, and I mean to piggyback off what you said, the match was really good. Like, yeah, I I don't understand why people don't care for Colt, but I mean, I guess it's you know to each their own, right? But he got talent, and what he does works for him. Like, you know, I can't even remember the last time I seen somebody actually hit the Superman pin cover. Nah, and do it perfectly at that. And, I mean, I thought he was going to actually win with it. Yeah, I did, too. Like, no lie. I was low-key scared for two and a half seconds. I was like, whoa, they're going to blow my prediction out the water. Cause we all know it's gonna be hangman kid versus kid. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely. Now who gonna win? That's the toss up for at least the two of us. Cause I got hangman, you got Kenny, and I got Kenny. But my boy hit a beautiful buckshot lariat with the fake out for the dub. And I mean, look, I thought Dark Order was gonna beat him down, but. I didn't realize, or let me rephrase that, I forgot more so, that Kenny actually did attempt to join Dark Not Kenny, Hangman tried to join yeah. Dark Order. I thought they was just trying to recruit him. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that, too. I forgot he was drunk one night, and he actually pulled up the website. <laughs> Man had a whole moment. He could have been number seven. Oh man, that's hilarious! But like you said, though, man, the match was fine. And you know the crazy part, like, well, now nah, I take that back because the squash match was, was easily the worst match of the night to me, and it really wasn't like a bad match because it did what it was supposed to do. But that just says how much the quality of the matches was. Like, you know what I'm saying? As far as like AEW Dynamite went, so um, the Team Taz promo. I'm going to just kind of keep it short and simple. Basically, and they kind of got a legit gripe right, because Regan Starks does have a fantastic record. And then if I'm and like, if I'm Taz, I would tell Tony Khan, bro, I don't want to hear that shit. Telling me if he would have beat Darby Allen, he would have had the title. Like, bro, I don't want to hear that. You know what I'm saying? So they have a legit gripe. Right. What I care about would have, would have, should have, and could have. Right. Y'all talking about we got this ranking system and, and records matter. So. If that's the case, then I should be the one getting the title. But look, the only way I want to see Ricky Starks and Darby Allen continue is if Darby Allen beats Cody, which I know that's not going to happen, and then they just feud for the TNT Championship. If that's not going to happen, look, y'all, y'all have y'all one more match, I guess, or whatever, and then y'all just get away from each other. I mean, but they do have fantastic chemistry, though. It's possible that it can happen when you think about the fact that Mr. Brody Lee only had the TNT title because Cody wanted to go away for for a few weeks to shoot that TV show with Snoop Dogg. I mean, I would have too, though. I mean, I would have too, but still. I mean, yeah, I feel you. 
So, I mean, it's not like we can really just say that, oh, Cody just got the belt back, so it's going to be a long reign because he only technically lost it the first time on some fluke stuff. Right. That's true. I'll give you that. So, I mean, who knows? Darby might actually get the dub. And, you know, we both fans of Darby Allen, so neither one of us would complain either way. Now, what would be hilarious would be depending on what happened between this Cody and Orange Cassidy match next week. You said if Orange walks in the uh, full gear as champ? Yeah. If Orange walks in full gear as champ, then Orange walks out of full gear as champ. So I'll say this, though. I feel like they probably should have just made the match at full gear triple threat match instead of us getting Orange Cassie versus Cody like the very next week. Because, I mean, I, I think like even when, you know, they pulled up on Cody, he was just like, I didn't think they would want to do it this soon. I bet you even he was probably like, I mean, you really could have did this like at a pay-per-view or something. Because Kobe, Cody versus Orange Cassie is definitely a pay-per-view match. So I would prefer a triple threat match at full gear. But I'm looking forward to it, though. I think it'll be pretty good. But if Darby loses, it'll be the, what, third? Fourth time he done lost to Cody? I want to say third. I want to say, but it might might be another one somewhere sprinkled in there. So, yeah. Regardless, but, uh, all it's going to do is further prove Taz right about why Darby shouldn't got the damn title shot to begin with. That's true. So, I know how you feel about it. Okay. So on my second rewatch, I didn't hate it, but I still didn't love it. That's that. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. But I absolutely love the Jericho and MJF. You know what I'm saying? Late dinner at Debonair. Cause here's my thing, and I'm gonna be super quick about it. I watched this during you know my token with Terry time. So I was, you know, in the treehouse. And I'm like, well, did I take a wrong turn and end up in the Whitney Houston treehouse instead of the Snoop Dogg treehouse? Because some kind of high school musical-ish about this. But then I watched it back, you know, with an open mind, and I was like, all right. Cool. I can live with that. I loved it. It was hilarious. I'm pretty sure this was Chris Jericho's idea. Of course. Just, they do work like real well together though, because they are kind of like both sarcastic assholes. I mean, MJF, I already jumped it off and he was mispronouncing Thelma Lane. You know what I'm saying? Her name is Velma. Velma. (laughs) Her name is Velma with a V. So, yeah, I mean, now look, after I got over the shock of them breaking out in the song and dance, I think for me, though, you you had to listen to the lyrics, though, because the lyrics and the stuff that they were saying is what made it funny, though. But like I said, that was just me. Like I said, to each his own. That's why I said the second time I I I didn't hate it as much because I heard them talk, you know take shots at the young buck uh, young bucks 
and talked about how they were going to uh, beat up Mox. So, look, no matter what, though, the main storyline takeaway here is that the inner circle will have a town hall meeting next week to determine if MJF will be a part of the inner circle or not. That'll be interesting to see how it goes. Your boy Tony Schiavone said he'll be there, so I just already feel sorry for Tony Schiavone because I know something bad is probably going to happen. Tony Schiavone. Speaking of Tony Schiavone, I'll let you take it away next because we had our squash match of the night at the end. I mean, you know, you can't really call it a squash match. Lasted longer than the Sunny Kiss Kenny Omega match. There's different forms of squashes. <laughs> everything that everything that Ky, what was her name? Kylie King did. Britt Baker reversed it. So yeah, it was still a squash because it was like we was going against Michael P. S. Hayes on 2K19 or something, fam. Or Rick Love. <sighs> I forgot about Rick. So Dr. Britt Baker DMD squash Kylie King in like five minutes, maybe. Um, and that's being generous. And um, a match, you know? I can't yeah. really call it a good match because it was a squash. But Britt came out in her all pink for breast cancer awareness, saved the tatas, um, and then proceeded to beat the hell out of Colin King. Yeah. She got a modified curve stone. I dig it. And locked in the lock jaw, you know? With the pink glove to boot. Now, my question, because that's all I really got to say about the match, and I know you don't have anything to say about it. Nope. Is what the hell is an elite deletion match? I'm just going to assume that it's another form of final deletion, the Hardy compound. So, just the AW version? Basically. Okay. So Matt loses this time and fades away. I hope so. Or does Sammy get deleted? I'm hoping that Matt goes away, but see, I feel like if they would have like saved, so I'll say this: if they would have saved like the the MJ of Town Hall meeting stuff until. Like after full gear, I would probably say Matt would have won, and so that way MJF could have replaced Sammy in the inner circle. You know what I'm saying? But I think Sammy wins this time, though, because I think Matt actually does want to give him the dub, especially considering like their first match didn't go according to plan, considering what happened. I mean, I'm okay with either or. Same. So, AWCW <laughs> continued with Darby Allen and his homeboy Steve O. That's why I called it AWCW because of these random celebrity appearances. Yeah. And then, you know, Darby rolled down a scale ramp in a body bag. For fun. And I ain't gonna lie, I was, I was with JR on that one. Like, that just doesn't look fun. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's. <laughs> Being in a body bag period isn't fun, right? And you want to get thrown, and you want to roll down a skateboard ramp in a body bag. Nah, bro. 
that's too extreme for me. You know what I'm saying? So our main event of the night, I was going to do it in my Justin Roberts voice, but I ain't got that, that, that lung power or that oh. strength. Is, you know, Dark Order versus Private Party versus Young Bucks versus The Butcher and the Blade. Slash, slash. <laughs> with the winner getting a shot at the AW Tag Team Championship. And your tag team champions, FTR, are out on commentary. Just cooling. Chilling, you know, uh, sipping some brewskis, doing top guy things, you know. And look, this match is what it was going to be. We all knew the outcome. But they did give everybody a little bit of time to shine. I will say that. Especially Mark Quinn. Mark Quinn got a lot of offense in this match. Which is crazy because it's normally Isaiah Cassidy that's right. They shine for a uh, private party. But he did so, have a singles match. So I guess, you know, that was like, well, you know, you shine in the singles match. Let's see what Mark can do. Right. Especially considering who took the pin, too. And I mean, Dark Order, you know. Your boy was very hyped up the entire match, so. Yeah, man. Shout out to John Silver, yo. I don't know if it was Mountain Dew or if it was a Monster Energy drink or a combination of both, but it worked for him. I'm with it. He had a Cesaro moment. I'm with it. Especially when he leaped off of that barricade. And he cleared it, too. Yeah, I probably would have tripped myself. Yeah, probably trip myself running toward the barricade. <laughs> no, nah, I would have, I would have made it to the barricade. It would have been going over my foot, feet would have got hung up, and I would have had to call Doc Britt Baker back out there to come take the with my teeth. Like, on the floor. Like, come back, DVDMD. <laughs> <laughs> I need you, but yeah, like you said though, the match was what it was gonna be. Like I said, we knew the outcome. The young boots. Or are your number one contenders for the tag team championship? Hey, the young boys had to make like three saves in three minutes because I'm talking about say <laughs> somebody was getting pinned. All you see is either Matt or Nick just coming in out of nowhere and make the save. Boys was working overtime. Hey, had to. They didn't have to do Isaiah Cassie like that, though. Well, they kind of did, though, considering they did beat them originally. And I, I guess that was a good callback, too, to their first match, you know what I'm saying, in the original tag team tournament. Which was still a huge shocker. Yeah, and they did nothing with it, but you know, they getting them some shine now, though. Yeah, you know, you live and you learn. Yeah, and you can always have that on your record. But post match, you know, FTR strolls down with the good old yeast to toast <laughs> Nick and Matt, and out of nowhere, some guy with a mask comes on and attacks the books. Cameraman. I'm doing air quotes to the people who's listening to this cameraman. And look, it's been a while since I just seen a vicious spike power job. <sighs> but these spike power jobs that FTR has been doing, I understand why it was a bad move for a while. See, they've been waiting eight years to do it. Of course, you're going to have a lot of uh, pent up aggression when you're doing a spike power drop. I mean, look. Bruh. And then with the young books, you know they don't care anyway. Right. So is, is this match supposed to be a full gear? 
Yep. Allegedly. I don't know how, because the next thing that happened is they take the chair and wedge it around Matt Jackson's leg, leg and then jumped off the top rope onto it. Bailey would have been proud. Extremely proud. And the masked cameraman, Q air quotes, was none other than Tully Blanchard himself. They did a fantastic job with Tully Blanchard as they managed to, by the way. It works so wonderful for them. Mm-hmm. It really do. They give that class. That's they they win and doing things like classic tag team heels supposed to. So, but, I don't know how this is gonna play because full gear is November seventh. Yep. So that's roughly about two weeks. Two and a, yeah. Right, he might not. He might be there, but he ain't gonna be at a hundred. Right. Oh no, <laughs> he gonna walk into about fifty percent. That man gonna be out there hurting, fam. So I mean, and that's if they don't take our Nick next week. Yep. Yeah. Nah, for real though. Well, somebody take him out because they they playing for keeps. Now my only thing is, if this is gonna be the case. This is probably going to be an excuse for them to end up having a rematch eventually down the line. Because the Young Bucks is going to probably hit them with a look. We wasn't at full strength. Y'all attacked us, yada, yada, yada. So. Which I'm fine with. Right. As long as it's a clean finish. Yeah. Just give us life. We don't need no totally shenanigans or nothing like that. If y'all going to beat them, beat them. Hit a spike pile driver. Get the one, two, three. And y'all can blame it on the fact that it's pretty much a two-on-one handicap match. And I'll be good with that. And then next year at um, All Out, All Out, y'all can have the rematch, and the folks can walk out tag team champs. Exactly, we can have the match that you know that we all eventually wanted to see. So hopefully, and we'll be there in person to see it. Imagine. Well, you probably won't want to do that because that means he would end up holding the title for a long time. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Kenny Omega beat John Moxley for the AEW Championship and the Bucks won by beating the FTR at All Out. Now, keep in mind, that's not until Kenny next dropped, year. And then Kenny drops the belt at All Out to Hangman? Yeah. Tell me that wouldn't be either, either or. One of the two. That would work, though. I mean, eventually we know, though, that's a where the elite is going to be, where it's going to be the golden elite point, pun intended. Yeah. So, like I said, I know you probably don't want that because your boy Moxie probably end up holding the belt or unless Kenny beats him, you know, before then and then, you know. I mean, because the next, I was, I'm assuming the next pay-per-view after full gear is when Kenny would get his shot. Right, at the title, win. yeah. For the tournament, so, yeah. For that to work, that means he would have to lose the tournament and Hangman would win. Mm, true. Because I don't see him losing and then getting another rematch right off the bat. Not not once he hit hit that cleaner swing. Once he hit the cleaner yeah. swing, I feel like once he get that title match, he gotta win. That's true. Because it'll be it'll be pointless. Man, I wish I could see that. I ain't gonna even lie to you. So I mean, right now they're in a fantastic spot. They have multiple ways they can go. 
Right. And really painted into a corner as far as we only got X amount of people we can put the, the strap on. And we really legit don't know, like, the way. Like, we know where it's going to end up being eventually, but, like, in the current, you know, time frame, we really don't know. And that's a good thing. Yeah, we don't know how we're going to get there because who knows? Mox might drop it to Hangman at the pay-per-view after four years. And then Hangman hang on to it to All Out. And then we get Kenny versus Hangman at All Out in a rematch of the finals for the bill. I would, yeah. I would actually like that idea. But you think he'll drop it to another face, though? Moxie. But, I mean, Hangman ain't necessarily. Well, he's more of a, a well, man. that's true. He, he just him. Heel, he, I'm about to say he Hangman. Man. He do a lot of cowboy shit. Depends that, on how drunk he is at the time. That's true. But um, overall, though, besides the, uh, you know, the two squash matches, very solid episode. I got an A minus. Yeah. A minus. Yeah, that that look. I can't say what I was gonna say. I sound like somebody. But uh, read between the lines. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I agree with that, man. A good A minus. Another fantastic episode. of AW Dynamite. Any closing remarks, sir? And I'll let you just go ahead and take it on home. I um, got no more closing remarks after that. Uh, good sir. It was a fantastic episode of AWCW. Uh, until next time, you can find us as always by going directly to highflyerspodcast.com. Anywhere you get your podcast, be it Spotify, Spreaker, SoundCloud, so forth and so on, by searching High Flyers Podcast on Facebook and or YouTube at High Flyers Podcast, on Twitter at Podcast Flyers, on Twitter at Firstly Snipes 21, my Twitter at underscore Bobby Digital. And until next time, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your homegirls, tell your mama. Rascal Wave, too sweet. Guys up. <laughs>